Welcome in Wednesday live chat for this week's Fortinet Championship, BMW PGA Championship, uh, golf lessons, Seinfeld trivia. I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about, this time is yours. Uh, I can already see not a ton of questions and interaction here. That's okay. I'm going to do my thing. This is my time to do research, to answer questions. If you want to come along for the ride, salute to you. If you're all wrapped up in football, I get it. Listen, but uh, there is money to be made this week. There's going to be an optimal lineup. Somebody's going to win the golf tournament. A trophy is going to be handed out. It's going to be four days of awesome stuff. So I'm pretty stoked for it. So uh, here's what we'll do. Questions, comments, concerns, throw them in the chat. We'll go through this as long as we need to, but I've got everything fired up and I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's start with a little bit of a housekeeping here. So I'm going to jump ahead for Brett's sake and for everybody's sake. Uh, the one and done. So last year I oversaw two separate one and dones. There was one that started with the new season. Uh, the Fortinet, and there was one that started in January when kind of everybody starts to get all fired up. There's only going to be one. Uh, I mean, there's logistical stuff because it's not technically a new season, whatever. There's not one starting this week for me. Um, the one that I will oversee will be in January. The goal is to have something really special for you in January and then kind of get back on that track of things. So it's kind of an awkward period this time around, but that should hopefully answer any questions. You don't, if you're playing for me, you don't have to put a pick in this week. We'll see in January uh, and we'll get fired up there. Um, here we go. Let's pretend JT is from Europe. Would he have made the European Ryder Cup team? I think the answer is probably, it's almost certainly yes, right? And I'll show you stuff here from uh, my website, rickrungood.com. It's a giant fantasy uh, database and, and, and golf betting. So here we go. Would Justin Thomas have made the European team? Yeah, absolutely, right? You could make the same, uh, a pretty good similar case for Shane Lowry as you could have for Justin Thomas, which is like, you know, hasn't been particularly awesome, but has a lot of experience. You kind of know what you're getting here. And then you look at the bottom half or the bottom couple spots, like Nikolai Hoygaard, would you take JT over Nikolai? Almost certainly, right? So yes, JT would have made the European team, even those, even though those guys are playing well. Uh, I'll transition this to a conversation about Justin Thomas this week. I am not going to be investing heavily in Justin Thomas this week. However, if you wanted to convince yourself to be early on JT, this is a pretty good spot to look at. I'm not there, but this is a pretty good spot to look at. He is still a, an elite wedge player. You see that in the stats um, from 120, 100 to 125, from 50 to 125, from 50 to 75, from whatever, you know, 125 to 150. Um, he has played here not a lot and not super recently, but when he's played here, it's got three straight top eight finishes. If you want to throw in any narratives around he wants to shove it in everybody's face, he wants to do whatever, fine, do that as well. But this is um, not the worst spot in the world for him. Okay, I'll just say that. But he's not going to get my investment. Matt says, um, I really hope Sahith is not the next 20 to 1 trendy false swing guy who never pans out, <laughs> a la Aaron Wise. Still sad about that. Uh, his stats never make sense, but I don't mind it here. What are your Sahith thoughts? I think uh, in general, cautiously optimistic. One of the hardest things I, I, I find about Sahith is that um, – it's, I think what you're getting at, Matt, which is it's very difficult to, to 
kind of realize when he's going to play well and when he's not. Um, he drives it pretty inaccurately, which around this place is not that big of a concern. I'm more concerned about the second shot in which he's lost, you know, at least a stroke and a half in five out of his last six. Um, I can write off the two link style golf courses, but I can't write off everything. And then the putter, it's fine, but it's not as good as it was uh, going back to kind of that springtime. So I think that I'm generally not super excited about Sahip this week. Um, I, I need to see a little bit more, but I will caveat that by saying he is he's almost easily the hardest guy to handicap on, on the schedule. Um, just cannot figure him out. No idea. Who are some first round leader picks? Um, and then there's also, this is actually a question I prefer to answer, which is like, what are helpful metrics on determining first round leaders? Because you can, listen, I'm not going to give you picks. I'll, I'll give you a process here. Um, so I think there's a couple of ways to do this. So what I would do is I would go to the power rankings page. There's a couple of new items in here. If you haven't seen it yet, the stroke gain distribution now breaks down not only by total, but by each of the stroke gain metrics. So you could see off the tee approach around the green putting, et cetera. So you could, for example, kind of do a little bit of, of each here. So what I would want is I want, and, and let's set everybody back to like the last 75 rounds, um, minimum 50 rounds and find guys that pop right? You got to pop. You got to be able to gain four, five, six, seven, eight strokes to the field in a given round. Uh, Akshay has done that much more frequently than everybody else. 12% of his rounds in the last 75 have been at least five strokes gained. Justin Suh, Max Homa, Sam Ryder are all all at 8%. Those would be some guys to look at for first round leaders. If you go a little bit further, you can get into like probably some pretty good numbers on Carson Young or CT Pan or Sam Stevens or Harry Higgs, but, um, or even Eric Cole for that matter. But, but those are the guys that I think stand out. The other thing that we can do now is we can kind of look at this and say, okay, um, you know, what creates a volatile, uh, round, right? What, what creates a high upside, high ceiling round? Generally it's two things, approach play and putting, um, and putting being very volatile. We can use that as well. So this is now a list of golfers who gain at least a stroke on approach per round. So your best guys there, Revy, Eric Cole, Max Homa, Mark Hubbard, Steven Yeager. Okay. Now, can we find any of those guys who also gain a stroke per round with the putter pretty frequently? Yeah. Homa, Eric Cole, Alex Noren, Justin Suh, Lucas Herbert, Andrew Putnam. So the crossovers there are your Max Homas, your Eric Coles, Justin Suh, uh, was both on the putting and the strokes gain total side of things. So these are guys that play a high upside, volatile uh, type of game that when you just are asking for 18 holes of golf, tend to to work their way up there. So there you go. Those would be some first round leaders that I would look at. Uh, this says... Uh, hey, Rick, I'm considering playing uh, Marty Doe, or actually, they've been pronouncing it Marty, basically, do. I think it's pronounced Marty Doe, but um, here he is. Let's see what we can find on Marty. Um, Not great, right? I'm not sure what the consideration is. Maybe the T21 last year, but he is not very good off the tee. He's not very good on approach. He's not a very strong putter. There is not a ton of correlate. I mean, I guess it's a good crossover to to Detroit Golf Club where he had his best finish of the of kind of the summer. Um, there is not a lot of 
excitement here for me, admittedly. Um, but I hope Marty does well for you. He's not going to get my money. Uh, ready for another great season. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. It's Listen, I this is all I do, right? 24-7, 365. Uh, it's only golf. I, I don't know how many of us there are that literally just focus on golf year round, especially from a data perspective, especially from kind of a fantasy embed. Like there's, I don't know. I might be the only one. I have no idea. There's very, very few of us that do this for a full-time thing. So uh, I'm just as excited as ever. I don't, I don't care about football. I tried to watch, I watched them. The Monday night game was awesome just because it was chaos and we'd been watching hard knocks, but like, I don't care. What did you do before coming, becoming a golf guru? Um, my background is in is in data, as you can imagine. It's in big data. Uh, I, I did marketing automation, which is uh, just working in giant databases for college and pro sports teams, trying to figure out um, getting a spam call. Uh, you know the best ways for how to chop up that data for like you know the University of Alabama or LSU or whatever. So. Um, my background's in data, and then I kind of transitioned into this. Hey, Rick, uh, with so much talk on Homa here, but Chez is the strokes gain leader here. Can you do a deep dive on Chez? Uh, yeah. So what what we're getting at here is this. So if you go to the Holy Grail and you punch in Silverado, uh, you know you'll you'll get guys like obviously Max Homa, who has played well here. But the the king of this place is is, is Ches Reevy. 1.2 strokes gained per round over 34 rounds. Nobody as good in as many rounds. His best finish is a T3. That was in 2020. His only miscut was last year. Um, the thing that I, I find, I find Reevy to be rather interesting because of one, that, but two, the way that he's playing right now. The approach numbers are insane. So if we go to the power rankings and we go back to strokes gained and we go the last, I don't know, 36 rounds, um, and do strokes gained approach, I imagine we're going to see Reevy pretty high on this list. I don't know if he's number one, but he's got to be pretty darn close to it. He's number two. JJ Spawn's the only one better. So we've got an elite approach player who has lost strokes with the putter in five straight, which is something that we rarely see from him because, I mean, before that he had gained basically multiple strokes putting in eight in a row. Um, what has he done here with the flat stick? Uh, it's actually not been as good putting at at Silverado as the ball striking has been. Um, if you go to the trends tool, I imagine like, yeah, so he's here. So actually I bet you, if we do this, if we lower this to like 24 rounds or even 20, which is his putting woes, I bet you he jumps over to, yeah, here he is. He's in that optimal quadrant, right? Ches Reevy. He's right there. I'll click his name so you can see it. Um, where th- if, if that putter snaps back, if we get that kind of snap back with the putter, um, careful, because that would be a really, a really good thing for Revy here. Um, who is on your betting card for this week? Okay. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, just so I make sure I have everything. So I, I did, I did for the first time in a while. I was so excited. Usually by the time we get into a week, I'm behind and like, I usually don't even put my bets in until like Wednesday or Wednesday night. But because I had a little extra time uh, with the with the time off, I was able to get these in earlier. So right now, uh, and again, caveat, if you're new here, don't bet who I bet. There's no, re- do, do whatever you want. I don't log into your account. You don't log into mine. I have um, to win Steven Yeager at 25 to one. That, that will, that's an absolute trap. Hostler at 33, Doug Gim at 50. Higo at 55. Those are my four outrights. I then also have top tens and top twenties on, um, 
on those guys as well. And kind of not every, not all of them, but different, different variations of that. So that's what I have for, um, for this week. Good luck. Favorite sub seven K play in a large field GPP. All right. So that range is pretty bad. Admittedly. Now we do have the ownership projections in Mike Cavalunas, who does them for rickrungood.com. They've been updated, you know, basically multiple times, um, since, since the start of the week. So they're, they're pretty mature at this point. Um, again, caveat, these are all pretty bad options. Sung you'll know, I don't think is horrible. So Sung you'll know, I, I mean, he's in the midst of like 11 consecutive made cuts, right? Something pretty outrageous here. Let's see. Hasn't missed a cut since, um, the Honda. Now he hasn't played a ton, but that's pretty solid. Not a, a lot of high end finishes. He's a lot longer off the tee now than he used to be. He picked up some, picked up some speed. So that's an interesting one at $6,900. Um, if you're willing to take on the risk of Preston Summerhays, he is the 12th ranked amateur in the world. He's coming off the Walker Cup. Um, I think he was 2-1-1 one, one there. He won a collegiate event to get into this field. Hasn't made a cut on the PGA Tour yet, but incredibly, incredibly talented. Uh, outside of that, I think the only other one that I found kind of interesting, I think it was um, Cody Gribble, believe it or not, which was pretty ugly stuff. Um, Tyson, let's look at Tyson Alexander together. Love his swing. He had a 20th place finish like two starts ago. Where was that? 3M. Yeah, I mean, listen, he missed like nine cuts in a row, but his last four, he's made two top 35 finishes. That 6K range is very, very bad. So I think that narrows it down. Good week for core cascade. I think it's always a good week for core cascading, right? This is a lineup building strategy. Um, you, you, you pick a core and, and go with it. Um, hold your nose week. Seems like uh, EVR might be on his way out. Pops over to the DP for a couple of top 20s. Now back stateside. Is he a buy or don't be fooled? Let's see exactly what he's done um, kind of across the globe here. And I will, you know, this is uh, a good opportunity for me to, you know, point out like I'm getting, I have the, I have a deal with the European tour. I'm getting European tour data, live data, PGA, Corn Ferry, Senior, Asian Tour. So it's, you know, complete. Um, if you're only looking at the PGA Tour, you're really missing out. Guys like Eric Van Royen, who had the T8 at the Omega European Masters. Guys like Matty Schmid, uh, who has, I think, two top 35s in a row. So he goes, yeah. Okay, so he makes both the cuts that he played, the Czech Masters and the European Masters T24 there. The metrics are pretty good. You're missing out on those guys if you're only looking at PGA Tour data. I'm more excited about Schmidt than I am about EVR. Uh, to answer that question, I, I I just think EVR is kind of trappy. Um, any jock market sleepers? Okay, so I can put some jock market bids in. So jock market is stock market DFS, which this is probably a really good week to do it because you're either going to buy on Homa or you're going to uh, you know try to pick off some of these guys further down. So let's I'll join this IPO here real quick. So basically what happens is you can bid on shares of golfers as of right now. And then at 9 p.m. Eastern time, if you're one of the high bidders, those shares are allocated to you. You can sell, you can short. It's live trading as the event goes on. Let's do this then. You know, Eric Cole, who continued to pop up, um, suggested price for Eric Cole is $7.93 per share. So let's put in a bid for eight bucks per share on Eric Cole. That is going to ask him to finish 18th or better. Um, and now if he gets off to a hot start, I could choose to potentially sell that, right? 
or I could hang on to it for the, for, for the future. But if we think he's going to get out to a hot start, um, Cam Davis, I think is someone who could potentially win this golf tournament. And I probably should have bet him, but I've, I've certainly warmed on him as the week has gone on. Let me put in a bid on, um, 12 shares of, of Cam Davis, and then we'll go and find some of those sleepers a little bit further down the board here. So how about, well, I'm pretty far down. I might've scrolled too far. Oh, Higo. Higo will definitely go for more than 250. I'll put in a bid in at 350, and I might have to come back and and renew this here. I think this is one of the better spots for him, so I'm in on Higo. So there you go. You know, this is this will continue to to to. I mean, you can see the bids coming in. Um, look, somebody else bid on Eric Cole right as I did. So that's gonna obviously change, but a really cool way. I have a promo code. It's Rick. These guys have been so good to the community. Everything I've ever asked from Jock Market, whether it's sponsor our fantasy live draft, whatever it is, they've said yes. They've built the community. You should go and support companies like that. Uh, they have a great product. It's a great team. Promo code is Rick. Link in the description. Go check it out. Anyway, we can see stats. Um, anyway, we can see the stats model for Wentworth or tell us who have the best success. Okay. So watch this. So what you could do is you could go to, Oh, you know what? This might be on me here. Hold on a second. So what we could do, did I not load these into the Holy grail? Uh, that might be my fault. So let's do this. I can load these in so you can see, here we go. So success at Wentworth. Um, John Rahm's played seven rounds, runner up, runner up. Now, remember last year, this is the event where the queen passed. So they only played 54 holes. So that's why you're like, what Rom seven rounds, 12, 11 rounds. How is that possible? That's what happened here. Billy Horchel has been phenomenal. He's obviously one, but only a fourth and a ninth as well. Um, I got him at 40 to one. I think you should spend Billy, Billy Horschel 40 to one, um, Reed, Rom, Gooch, Bazaynote. He's not playing. He's playing over here. Frankie Molinari. You know, even last year, T9, as his games kind of leveled off, uh, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Paul Casey, you can go check this out as well. Victor Hovland, 11 rounds. He's gone 11th, 49th, and 5th. So you can check it out. Best players at Wentworth. And then also, really, I mean, the power rankings, um, I just pushed this, so I might have to refresh it. But the custom model also has BMW Championship guys loaded in. So if you did want to run a stats model on the custom model, you could do it for PGA, Showdown, Euro, Corn Ferry, and um, Senior Tour as well for this week. Uh, let me find my spot here. New features on the site are awesome. Thank you. Um, just a couple of things. You know, it was only two weeks, so just a couple of items now, but a lot more to come. How do we feel about Kisner? Complete rest and rebuild. Spent some time at Old Edwards. Has been grinding two days back in the SC Heat. Back with Tillery. Worth a shot at his price. Boy. I would really like to see something uh, first. Let's see what he's been up to. Yeah, I mean, I know he hasn't played in three months. I mean, this. I, how would I know, right? I mean, he has been literally giving up at least four strokes from T to green every event it's been horrible I, I i would have no way of possibly knowing um what the state of his game is no one would 
So it's really just an idea of, are you willing to sustain the risk? I am not. I think there are better options here. Eckroat. There was a question about Eckroat. I, I misclicked. I couldn't find it. But here uh, is something about, do, is there upside for Eckroat? Um, I worry about this, right? I worry that the ball striking that made him so dangerous in the summer or spring or whatever uh, kind of lost itself here recently. And he's lost at least a stroke and a half in each of his last five starts. Ball striking, T-degree numbers not there. I'll need to see something first. Um, what lower 7k player is popping up in your model? So in technically my model, so the model that I ran on Monday, which we can load, uh, what did I call it? I probably called it Monday Silverado. Okay. So of the lower 7k guys, so the first 7k guy that popped up in my model was Chesson Hadley, then Sam Ryder, then Aaron Baddeley. Um, Mackenzie Hughes is kind of interesting as well. So if you don't know, the way that they're doing this FedEx Cup fall is so bizarre now. But basically, they're keeping the FedEx Cup points from this past year. Mackenzie Hughes is now like number one in the FedEx Cup fall point system. So he has a lot to play for because if he's in the top, God, if I can remember this, 10 of those rankings after the fall, he gets entry into the first two signature events of next year just utterly craziness in terms of confusion and how they're doing this but long story short he has a lot to play for and he's the fourth best player in my model in the 7k range um battle kind of interesting right at least he has shown a little bit of upside around the missed cuts t21 at colonial t7 at the 3m open the putter's really, really good, and his 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 lack of distance off the tee is not going to be an issue here. Thoughts on how Rory looks both 34 and 54 at the same time? I don't know if I agree with that. One of them is Sabatini, but um bump bump. Um how does Dylan Wu? Okay, so so if you look at this, so what I wanted to do was um i think it's fair to set everybody back to like their long-term baseline 50 rounds 75 rounds 100 rounds i don't really care but when you get i mean some of these guys haven't played in at least a month competitively and they probably went home and got rested and got all that stuff you know taken care of so a couple different things when you look at the last 36 rounds which is generally most predictive dylan was the sixth best player in this field um, if you go to the last 75 rounds, he actually jumps up and becomes the, I think he's like third or fourth, fourth best player in this field over the last 75. I think Dylan Wu has been perpetually mispriced and, and, and disrespected, uh, over the course of the last year, saw the T five at the three M open the game. Listen, the, the game gets it done. All right. I, I like Dylan Wu. How's the putting going with the new stick? So for those who missed it. I um I got a, a jailbird. This this putter has been incredibly difficult to find and get uh for the last you know handful of months ever since Ricky went nuts with it and Keegan and um uh Wyndham Clark and then everybody just all the pros started getting it right, just these guys that couldn't putt. So I got I got my hands on one. Yesterday was the first time I rolled it. It's built to like the Ricky specs, right? It's got the long super stroke on it, it, it all that stuff. So it doesn't have the lead tape, but you get the point. Um, I, I get it. 
right? I get why people really like it. So I'll give you a couple. Again, I've only rolled it one session, maybe 30 minutes. I uh, tried a lot of different things. It took me a little bit to get used to it. Uh, how am I, how am I going to hold this? You know, the butt end kind of gets pretty close to me. That's kind of awkward. How am I going to grip it? All that stuff. Once I figured that out, um, the ball rolls beautifully. You know, it, it, I, when I say it rolls, so it has that O works face on it, which I have in the 7S model, the red 7S, but this, the ball rolls immediately so much better than my, my Odyssey 7S does. Um, with a lot of these Odysseys and the bigger ones, it's very, very easy to line up. That's why I like the 7S as well. So it's very, very easy to line up. It rolls well. The, the, the head is so big that even if you don't hit it off the center, it still uh, uh, rolls pretty well. And it's very, very soft. The the only th- – I guess there's not – I mean, I don't even know what the negatives are. Um, just kind of getting used to it, right? I mean, I, I, I get why it's been very, very popular. So I'll, I'll continue. I'm, I'm playing tomorrow. Um, I'm going to use it tomorrow and we'll see. But um, – yeah, I get it. I like it. I think there's I think there's a pretty big learning curve though. Um has weather been discussed at all? No, it hasn't. So, let's pull this up here. Um I looked earlier and I did not necessarily think that there was too much of a difference here. So, Thursday I mean, look how consistent this, is, consistent this is, right? You're getting, um, you know, 82, 82, 80, 79 in terms of high uh, temperatures, lows, 55, 55, 56, 55. As every single day when they get into the afternoon, the wind will kick up from four miles an hour to 10 miles an hour. That is consistent basically every single day. Um, when you see, you know, wind charts like this, when you see weather charts like this, I mean, these days are almost carbon copies of one another. Um, so it looks like it's going to be perfect, beautiful, but inactionable weather because it's probably not going to be uh, super wavy, right? Like everybody's going to get cold temperatures in the morning. Everybody's going to get a little more wind in the afternoon. Everybody's going to have to deal with the the temperature rising 30 degrees and dealing with the club's uh, and distances as that happens, I do not think there's a wave advantage. Gently caress the like button. Thank you much. If you were to pick one straight up winner this week, who would it be? I mean, literally just like no odds or anything in consideration. Um, Max home is the best player in the field. It's not even close. Uh, I'm at the end of the questions. I mean, I can go eat lunch now. We can do that. I don't, whatever, but let me just run you through a couple of things that I think are, are noteworthy. And then maybe we'll see where we're at here. Um, in terms of ownership, you know, you're seeing a lot of ownership come in on Max Homa, Steven Yeager, Sahith, uh, JT, Cam Davis are trailing behind a little bit. Eric Cole, who has now popped up in almost every single model that we've run. Um, a lot of the first round leader stuff, a lot of the volatile stuff is, basically half the ownership of Sahith and $300 cheaper. I think that is pretty noteworthy. Um, let's see here. Justin Sutt, 13%, pretty darn good. Revy at 9.9, probably even better than that. You're seeing a little bit of, of ownership run on Davis Thompson, probably because of that top 10 finish from last year. You're getting a little bit on ha- uh, uh, Garrick Higo and Dylan Wu at around 12%. Kevin Yu is catching a lot of steam, which I find Rather interesting, uh, 11.5%, EVR, 68 Zach Blair a little bit as well. None of these are really 
moving the needle too much. Um, if you're not signed up for my email newsletter, you should be. It's 100% free and I put out cool little nuggets. So this is kind of, um, this is an example of some of the stuff that I will send to players or managers or agents uh, about the statistical difference between being in the fairway, in the rough, then obviously in fairway bunkers, missing on certain sides of the green with pins, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought it was really interesting for this week because um, there's not really a huge penalty for missing the fairway. Now, if you're in a fairway bunker, that's one thing, but the being in the rough, not really a big difference. This is a, a number one example, uh, an example from number one that I thought was pretty cool. So go check that out. And then I list kind of the guys that should be. So like when I ran you know, an inaccurate bomber wedge model, JT came up number one. So, um, this, this, this model or this newsletter I'm, I'm really proud of and want to continue to make some good progress on. Um, what else do I want to point out here? We did the trends tool. Okay. Sam Ryder, I think is a candidate for a really good snapback kind of week. Um, Steven Yeager, man, is this is this too good to be true? Is this too trappy with Yeager? Kind of feels like it might be. Let's see. A couple more questions coming in. Uh, a couple questions on Herbert. He popped up, right? What was what were we doing when we were doing Herbert stuff? Um was it like the five, the five plus strokes gained per round, right? So I think that's kind of where he where he popped up. He's a pretty decent driver of the ball. He's a pretty decent putter at times. I think he's I think he's quite volatile, but if that's what you're looking for, fire away. I think there was kind of those I think he falls into that, you know, Eric Cole, um, who else? Max Homa, kind of Sam Ryder type of first round leader options. Let's look at Ryder real quick. I'm just taking over now. I'll I'll steer the ship. Uh look at this. Five strokes gained on approach in each of the last three for Sam Ryder. Uh, who's also historically a pretty good putter. Let's see if we can match those two things together. Do you have a schedule of upcoming tournaments you're looking to attend, whether as media or spectator? Um, I'll be at the Ryder Cup, which I'm absolutely thrilled about, obviously, as you can imagine. So we're actually going over next week. So uh, luckily there is not a tournament next week, but so just bear with me on the content schedule. But my goal is to have something out for the Ryder cup. I don't know if it'll come out next week, but I'm, I've been already deep diving the course, obviously the players. I am. I think there's probably going to be a DFS slate. Um, DraftKings historically has done, um, you know, slates for the president's cup and the Ryder cup. So I'll have something on that. It might come out before the pricing comes out, but at least I'll know. I mean, I'll know who the players are. Um, but because I'm traveling to Europe, I don't know when that's going to come out, but it'll be either early or the Monday of the Ryder cup. So I'll be at the Ryder cup. Uh, also I had, I hate to break it to you and I, it's kind of an intimate group. I'll break, I'll break the news to you first year, but I believe for the first time in eight years, I will not have, I will miss a week. Uh, Sanderson farms, the Monday of Sanderson farms. I will probably not have a DFS preview, which is sad. It's the kind of the end of an era. But it's the Sanderson Farms. We'll be traveling back from Italy. We're going to spend a couple extra. I hope that everyone can forgive me for that. Uh, the tools will still be updated, but I don't think there will be a Monday DFS show for the Sanderson Farms, which is crazy to think about. I'm sad. I was on an eight-year streak. Um, but I guess if there was a reason for it to end, that's a pretty good reason. I will be at the RSM Classic. Uh, I will be at Shriners in Vegas, obviously. 
that's probably it for the fall. I don't have the schedule in front of me. That's probably it for the fall. Um, I'd love to get back to Phoenix. I'll definitely be at Tory. Um, that's as far out as I've kind of gotten. Are you and Andy doing one and dones again? Uh, no. So that betting preview uh, on hold for the fall. So the, the schedule will be Monday, Wednesday from me. Uh, DFS preview live chat. There will not be a betting preview for the foreseeable future. I, that is me getting more involved with players and wanting to spend more time on the database and um, cutting back on some things. I, I think I'm doubling down on data and all that stuff. And I think you guys should enjoy that. What do you say about preloading certain course types, bomb and gouge into the custom model? I like it. I'll write it down. Bomb and gouge custom model. I like it. Some similar questions that aren't very appealing. Um, do you know what the cut is for this week? 65 and ties. Any strategy for a fall only one and done? Yeah, fire away, right? Um, it's only seven seven events. Get after it. Not the Sanderson Farms, I know. Is there a traveling replacement in the event that a player gets sick or hurt at the Ryder Cup or do others just pick up the slack? Very interesting. I do not think there are any alternatives or anything like that. Um, the... I imagine, I mean, you don't, I don't think you have to play. I can't remember if they changed the rule. So you used to have to play like one session and then singles, but I don't know if it's back to zero sessions and just singles, but I guess if someone was really hurt, they would just forfeit their singles match. I assume, um, BMW PGA championship, uh, a key metric, you know, I don't have the, uh, actually I do now, but I'd have to go back and run the stuff. I, I, my partnership with the European tour is pretty new, but, um, I don't have the same model built for European courses as I do PGA courses. I guess I could something I should do. Um, so I don't know if there's like a core, a key stat, but I would just go look at, listen, the, the field is pretty top heavy. As you can imagine, strokes gain total. Um, we looked at the course history already for Wentworth start there. You'll be you'll be fine. I hate to say it. We might be done. Um, there is a contest on splash. That's on me. I forgot to put this in my newsletter. I'll actually just walk you through. I'll put a lineup in right now. So it's, it's a pick, uh, you pick through the tiers and it's based on, um, total to par. I'm going to go with Homa out of tier one, Cole out of tier two, Let's get freaky and go JJ Spawn out of tier three. He's been what the best approach player in the last 36 or whatever. Let's go Hostler in four. We'll do ooh, Dylan Wu's my guy, but let's go, uh, let's go Dylan Wu. And then finally, we'll round this out with ooh, Ryder or Reeve would be pretty tough. Let's go Ryder, fire that in. Um, these are pretty top heavy payouts, and I forgot to post it and put it anywhere. So there's only like 30 entries right now. So do me a favor, go check it out. There's a link in the description. Um, let me see if I can find the payouts here. These will obviously get readjusted because we're not going to fill this thing. My bad. That's on me. I, uh, forgot to mention that I had it on like the DFS preview and I forgot to mention it was, I forgot to mention it in the emails. So that's my bad, bad marketing. Um, yes. First time to Europe. Um, 
you know, we're going to do Florence. And, uh, I mean, I, I have not been a lot of the planning. I just made sure that we were going to be in Rome around, uh, the Ryder cup. So, I, so it's, it's, you know, my wife and, um, there's a couple more, but we're going to like, so I'll break off and go to Rome and then, um, do the Ryder cup for a couple of days and then I'll catch back up with them, uh, uh, the rest of the trip. So yeah, very much looking forward to it. We are leaving next week. So again, just bear with me. Um, <laughs> when is the last time, what is the latest or last time ownership will be updated on Rick run good DFS on demand? Wow. That's a throwback. It has not been DFS on demand in years. That was the original name of the website. Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, then Rick run good. Um, so they were updated this morning and I imagine Mike will update them one more time tonight. I don't know an exact time, but that's generally what he does. I don't know the next five or six hours. I'd imagine will be updated one more time, but they were updated this morning. Just a, just a bit ago. So I guess that's it. I mean, we're kind of, kind of at the end of here, uh, end of, uh, questions here. Listen, I, I get it. It's hard to get reamped up. I don't have that problem, but I know the general, I know that the public does. So yeah, much appreciated those who, who turned out. It's going to be a great week. We have a jock market power hour tonight at 8, 15 PM Eastern time. Come play stock market DFS with us. Um, I'll keep you updated about the schedule moving forward. Go sign up for the newsletter. Uh, go sign up for the splash contest. The newsletter's free links in the description, rickgrungood.com, all that fun stuff, right? I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to go eat lunch. I'll see you tonight. And then we'll keep rocking and rolling Rome stuff, man. Oh, boots on the ground in Rome. It's going to be so sick. I can't wait. All right, later.